Today's episode of Content Academy is brought to you by the Tallymaster at-home voting machine. So we all know how difficult it is to vote these days. You either go on your lunch break or you go after work and there's a long line and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of things from home anyway. Technology is so advanced. It's 2022. We don't need to be voting like we're in the Wild West or something. We don't have to be mailing in your yeah. votes. Like Anything. mailing. Like you have we a should pen abolish pal. mail. Yeah, exactly. Like, Honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeez. So what's cool about the uh, Telemaster at-home voting machine is it sits on your desk. It's about the size of a printer. You fill out your ballot. And your ballot can just be a piece of paper, and you just write everything. You write, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, Georgia Wallace. And then you make mm-hmm. your own tick marks and put yes. Mm-hmm. And then you put it in just like... Um, it's like a fax machine yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. And the most fun part about voting is putting your thing into the slot and watching it go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does that, and then it <laughs> has... Straight to the White House. Exactly, yep. That's where I assume it goes. Yeah, exactly. And then um, it uh, actually dispenses the stickers. Mm-hmm. So and it, stickers. and it counts your vote, and um, that's it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can vote as many times as you want with it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's the tally. The tally master. The only tricky thing is like you. It does run out of toner really quickly. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, but you know, other than that, like it's super, super convenient. So check out Tallymaster voting from home voting machine. Check it out. Well, it's content Academy time again. It's, it's Sunday again. That means it's time to get the content crew back together. We're talking about, um, the, uh, a movie More directing duo in film yes yeah. another duo yeah uh so class is in session another today. duo another was duo it was wes well, anderson i don't know <laughs> well i believe alex will be talking about the wachowski oh yeah at, at so next day. week we'll be doing a duo okay this is the so, start yeah. of our series on duos yeah this is so sub series yeah <laughs> the cheese it yeah. duos, yeah. The cheese it duos, where it's like pretzels and cheese its or something. Love yeah. that. Duos is just where there's two flavors in one box. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, okay. uh, there's a lot of duo things. Yeah, but anyway, um, here so, in a minute we're going to talk about. Uh, George mm-hmm. is going to talk to us about uh, the Cohen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but first we have some headlines it was a very busy um twitter politics week <laughs> so last week none of my headlines were about twitter so this week all every single one of my headlines are, is about yep. twitter. no i'm just kidding yep. i'm just kidding <laughs> i wouldn't do that to our listeners so this one is for um Dolly Parton fans? Are there any Dolly Parton fans in chat? Hey yo. Everybody's raising their hands. <laughs> um, Dolly Parton has received a one hundred million dollar Courage and Civility Award from Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos, famous bald supervillain, um, 
my theory is that this is possibly a plan of some kind to lure out Superman. Yeah. It seems like disaster always strikes at these ceremonies where Uh, things are given out, whether it be the key to the city or... I don't know, some kind of courage and civility. Yeah, like, like that's I don't just think that's his to for... give. Why? Hey, that's true. Yeah, he doesn't have any courage or civility. He doesn't have any authority on either of those topics. Yeah. Also, side side note: How many keys to how many cities do you think Dolly Parton has? Oh my god! Oh, like, do you think she has question. a key ring? Closet full. Yeah. She would. I would. Yeah, I would think she would need a key ring at this point. It's like the janitor like key ring yeah 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 like i would trust her with any city yeah so does a question about the these mythical city keys (laughs) does each city have one and they give it out and then if they want to give another one they have to take it back from the last person I assume they make copies. So they have to take it to Ace Hardware and make a copy. So they're like Kingdom Hearts key. Yeah. The the key to the city doesn't have the do not copy stamped onto it. <laughs> yeah. It's also, see, when I was a kid, I thought the key to the city was like a skeleton key that would. Yeah, it gets into every, every door, door in the city. And... That's, what it is. Yeah. That's not what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, was I right though? Because only that needs such power. People, yeah, people That's need to prove saying. themselves to be able to wield that. Yeah. yeah. With... Yeah. City. So if you have but a lockout problem, you can either call a locksmith or whoever has the or, key to the city. <laughs> yeah. Or Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh, people continue to leave Twitter in droves. And I'm sure we've all probably heard what about What is a that. drove? Yeah. I knew you were going to so, it's like I literally how, knew. It's like how doves fly away. Like a bunch of them fly away at the same time. It's okay. like that. Whatever. Um, and I continue to leave bad Yelp reviews to every McDonald's with a broken ice cream machine. <laughs> wow, yeah. Be a lot they gotta get those things under control. They really have to. They really And they to. think, oh, they, they think, oh, just because it's cold outside, uh, we don't have to fix these. No one will order the McFlurries. Literally. Come on. Think again, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one time I was at uh, the McDonald's drive-thru and I said, can I have a vanilla shake? And the guy said, okay, one strawberry shake. <laughs> and He's I just, just fucking it. with it. It was actually, yeah, <laughs> it was actually pretty good. You, you got to get eight hours like, at McDonald's. You start doing shit yeah, like that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, Colorado voters have approved free school meals for K through 12 students. Unfortunately, this only includes square pizza. <laughs> so, and the um, chicken patty day where you make a sandwich with the uh, bun, the, br- oh. the bun, and the chicken Dude, patty and buns. the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, the world's tallest woman has taken her first flight after the airline modified several seats. But how <laughs> did she get wings? <laughs> I'd like to think Spirit Airlines just like took out like yeah. four rows of seats for, yeah. and they probably just like chucked them in the back of the airplane. Like, Does it say how later. tall she is? Yeah. If it's I the woman know. I'm thinking of, her legs are like, like I'm a sh- so for our listeners, I'm short, right? And her legs would like start at my shoulders. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's a big. It's typically a big shock to listeners when they hear that George is short because she just gives off tall energy. Yeah, I do have tall en- energy, and the reason. Like, you're not alone in thinking that. I would not blame anyone for thinking that because <laughs> I work remotely most of uh-huh. the time. And the first time my coworkers ever saw me, everyone was like, Oh, you short. Everybody thought that I was just larger than life, like my personality. Yeah. yeah. And then they see me and they're like, You're just a little thing. Yeah. They're like, Oh, are you here with your mommy? Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so rude um, it's like jesus christ i know uh, like people don't think that's rude but yeah. you know and that's i weird it's i mean just, it's it's odd it's odd. women a lot of women like feeling petite i guess but to an extent to it yeah to an extent yeah yeah i mean i'm over here busting my ass trying to get natalie portman arms and you're calling me like, you're i can blow away in the wind like thank you no thank you oh my gosh but anyway this first was... i was going for timothy chalamet arms you know now i'm like natalie portman arms, yeah so. i think okay. we're all trying to go for the timothy 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 chalamet <laughs> cheekbones yeah 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 how do you how do, do, you that? do that yeah I, the face gains kind of yeah how do you get those face gains i don't know i will say i did watch um call me by your name a couple weekends ago and beautiful movie uh it makes you want to go to italy and take a nap Mm. that is this i mean that Mm. is the biggest takeaway i got just go to italy and take a nap that's all i wanted is that a movie with him in it Yes, him yeah. and Cannibal Ar- Army Hammer. Yeah, known Cannibal oh, Army no. Hammer. Known Cannibal oh, Army no. Hammer. Yes. No, it's, it's it's a very gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. It's it That's almost bad. seemed Kubrick in some of the shots mm. because. That's interesting. No, I'm getting I'm getting off topic, but no, okay. it, was, it was quite good. Anyway, I believe we have some headlines. Yeah, this one's kind of interesting. Um, a ten-year-old student may face a battery charge after hugging a school counselor. Um. What the headline doesn't say is that the student actually had poo-poo hands. Ooh. <laughs> so kind of seemed a little crazy at first, but... Dude, what if you could charge batteries by hugging them? That would be crazy. Yeah, he may face a battery <laughs> charge. Yeah. I mean, probably. That would be so convenient. That would so be cool. Convenient. They should oh, come out with that hug. technology where you could, like, squeeze the battery and it would charge yeah. it or something. Yeah. <laughs> or do something i don't know yeah that's that's a good idea let's see what about just solar powered batteries where you can leave them out on your deck and it would charge them that would be hey, yeah that's a good idea that'd be insane they can't get the technology small enough probably this is good news here uh vermont has become the first state to enshrine abortion rights in its constitution um uh, so that's good. No word yet on if they'll be protected, though. You know, I love anything that says it's getting enshrined. <laughs> enshrined. Yeah, like, what does because that mean? Because immediately, I'm like, they have a shrine. Yeah. They have a shrine. Where are all these shrines? Shrine. I've never I, seen a shrine in my life, and yet all these shrines. things are enshrined. Enshrined. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like but apparently Vermont has one now. In the so. Constitution, yeah. they have a list of all the things that are protected, and then at the bottom, they have like all these things that have been enshrined. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like an honorable mention. Yeah, that's yeah. right. This is pretty... it's like you have endangered species and there's vulnerable yeah. species. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. The TSA says that a Florida traveler stuffed a gun into a raw chicken and tried to bring it on a plane. Luckily, chicken detection technology put into place by the TSA was able to stop him. So, actually, the little walkthrough gates that you go through, that's strictly chicken detection technology. And it's uh, because of these reasons. Why? <laughs> Man, now I won't be able to bring my raw chickens well, that's, on the planes that anymore. that was, like, where he went with that. Like, well, I can't get a gun through, but they'll let a raw chicken through. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> that's actually why on uh, in airports you never see a KFC. <laughs> This is pretty cool. A, ki a kitten has been found with no visible gender in a veterinary and scientific first. This is the perfect time to relay my theory about Smurfs. They are all a gendered, and Smurfette is a genetic anomaly. <laughs> what do we think? Well, I never thought about that. I mean, canonically, Smurfette is the only female Smurf. The creator has said that. Yeah, exactly. So all the other ones are agendered, like bacteria. No, they well, reduce, what do we think? They reproduce via mitosis. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about, um, what is it that, like, there's some race in a video game where a male is born every, like, 1,000 oh, years? It's probably Maybe like it's the that. reverse That's Gan of that. Yeah. Uh, Ganondorf. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like Gerudo or whatever. So maybe Smurfette yeah. is like Ganon. Maybe. Yeah, she's the gender swap Ganondorf. It's reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, if... you know, given the same power, I, you know, yeah. all bets are off. If they're supposed to be like mushroom fungus people, they like live among mushrooms, right? No, they just have little hats. But they live inside of mushrooms, right? Well, I think you would too if that was the size. Yeah, that's true. You know, you were. Let's that small. let's all four of us who have never watched Smurf talk about Smurf <laughs> for fifteen minutes. Um, I've definitely watched Smurf. It's not worth watching. I was all I know is Snork's head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was there only Snork's... one girl Snork as well? <laughs> uh, I think there's. I think there's a couple girl Snorks. Mm. We need to take a Snork that. census. Yeah. <laughs> Anti yeah. the snarks. Um, no, I'm gonna fact check that. I got one left here. Okay. Bloomberg reports that Twitter is asking some laid off workers to come back, and I am asking for the McRib to come back. <laughs> Did you see like there were some posts online um, of like what the McRib looks like before it's cooked? Busting. Did anybody here actually like the McRib? I was never a McRib guy. Also, there are a couple female snorks. Okay. Yeah, Daphne Gilfin, Casey Kelp, Serena. I guess she's just goes by one name. The bad guy is Great Snork Nork. Oh, man. Which, he looks like a bad dude. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. More than you needed to know about snorks. Okay, right, cool. so right along. So to segue straight from Snorks, yep. uh, I do have a presentation today about the Cohen brothers. Let's hear it. Um, so Joel and Ethan Cohen, uh, famous directors, they have uh, several movies. They were born in Minneapolis, Minnesota to Jewish parents. Um, they have 18 films altogether. 
Their first movie was Blood Simple in 1984. Uh, so about 38 years ago. I did actually watch that a few years ago. And um, for what it is, it's it's quite good. Um, it's, it's mostly cool. just Francis McDormand just being amazing. Mm. Is so, it like a micro budget kind of thing? You can tell the budget was not huge. Yeah. But the acting was still very good. And I felt like they did a lot with what they had. That's kind of yeah. like That's cool. the the feel I got from it. Um, so, so so much for that other as well. So they had, um, I mean, a lot of their movies have done, done really well. They've had Raising Arizona. Um, there's Miller's Crossing, Burton Fink. Um, the worst one on the list, critically, uh, is the Hudsucker Proxy. I've not seen that one. Um, but they were really kind of under the radar until Fargo in 1996. And that kind of put them on the map, and they started really getting awards. Uh, it, Fargo won Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars and was nominated for Best Picture. And, like, from that point on, the cons have been nominated nine times by the Academy, mostly for Best Original or Adapted Screenplay. And I didn't realize that they had done so many, like, adapted works, honestly. Mm. Um, but they, I think their strong point really is their screenplays. Honestly, like it just, I feel like if you read one of their screenplays, it would just, it would read well. And you can just see their vision so clearly on the screen. Um, theme wise, most of their films revolve around deeply flawed human beings trying their best or worst and usually very mundane situations that Ooh. tend to escalate really quickly. Yes. You know, it's just like, okay, a surface level, this doesn't really seem like, this just seems like kind of an average thing that is happening. And then it just immediately escalates. Like raising Arizona, like it escalates so quickly, you know, um, just things like that. And more often than not, like at the end of the film, the main character is returned to baseline or a little bit worse than the start. Yeah. So like you look at Inside Lewin Davis, yeah. At the start of the movie, he's like, you know, at the cusp of like breaking it mm -hmm. um, and becoming uh, it's it's about um, essentially kind of a peer of what's his name? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Thank you. And he ends up not really making it yeah. by the end of the end of the movie. And you just kind of see this kind of slice of life picture of, of Lewin Davis. <laughs> Another but, um, example of that, if I could just do yeah. one, is Burn yeah. After Reading, yes, one of my favorite scenes. Yes. The ending yes. where um, uh, the, the director guy is like, what did we learn? Fuck if I know. <laughs> Not yeah. to do it again. <laughs> yes. And actually, like, I was going to touch on that because they, um, I couldn't tell if this was, like, purposely or not, but Cohen fans have kind of termed... Um, a collection of their films as like the knuckleheads like okay collection and it includes burn after reading or the big lebowski yeah and stuff like that because it's just about kind of idiots in way over their head yeah with something that they should not be messing with hmm. and i would go as far to say as like part of fargo is like that as well pretty much everyone in fargo except francis mcdormand is a knucklehead <laughs> yeah so also a fantastic movie um other common themes is using the same actors, like Frances McDormand, um, who's one of their wives. I forgot to check. I'm pretty sure it's Joel. Um, <laughs> I voice think it is. 
Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, voiceover narration, so like No Country for Old Men or Raising Arizona. Um, period pieces, they actually do a lot of, which I hadn't sat down to think about until I, I looked into this. So Inside Luna Davis is a period piece, um, True Grit, um, Fargo to an extent, because hmm. it's like in a, I wouldn't say like quote unquote period, but it's like locational period. Yeah. Um, and then very character driven. Like we just kind of seem to be along for the ride to watch how characters react in a, in a given situation. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love about watching Cohen films is the characters just, they either seem just like so real because they're so flawed or just so fleshed out because they're, you could just tell that they've been given a lot of thought or very precise casting was done or like a role was created almost yeah. with that very person in mind. You know, it, they always yeah. seem to kind of hit the nail on the head with that, like William H. Macy in Fargo. Like I can't really picture anybody else delivering that character like that. So I, I love that about their films. Um, my favorites would be, I really like Burn After Reading. I need to watch that again soon. Um, I'm, just, if anything, just to see how many times Brad Pitt eats. And that <laughs> yeah. Add that to the count. I think there's at least one time that he's eating something in that movie. Um, True Grit was amazing. Um, Hail Caesar, also amazing. Um, Fargo. I really liked Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That one was a little um, polarizing for some people, hmm. but I enjoyed it. Because um, it's just like a series of anecdotes. Um, and then their most loved film, probably hands down, is The Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a minute since I've seen it. But like, if you want to, if you've never seen a Cohen movie before, that's probably the one to start with. And then one immediately of the watch few, it. One of the few movies to really, truly achieve cult status. Which is absolutely true. across the board, like saturation of cult status. Yeah. Like you can almost ask anybody if they've seen The Big Lebowski and they would say yes, or they would know of it or know a line from it, you know, yeah. anything. Um, yeah. And some of the film students I went to school with just kind of made that their whole identity, which was a little vomity. Right. But, you know, I understand. I understand. So, about, but, the, I mean, thing, the thing about Lebowski yeah, is he's cringe, and you just gotta accept that. <laughs> just gotta accept that. <laughs> but I mean, I just kind of wanted to go, you know, real high level. Um, yeah. Over their films, because I figured we might have a bit to discuss. So, but go ahead. What are your oh, thoughts on um, Joel and Ethan splitting up, doing separate <laughs> projects now? Um. I am all for that because I mean, it's like we get twice the Cohen movies now. Yeah. Well, I would love to see <laughs> like if I watch an Ethan movie and then watch a Joel movie, like I, I want to be able to see like, okay, so in true grit, that was Ethan doing, right. like, calling, hmm. calling that shot or making that decision, or that was Joel doing this, you know? So I kind of see, you know how alike or different their visions are yeah i think that would be really interesting also what kind of projects they choose 
Yeah. Could be very well, Did we cover the whole um, filmography? Um, I just touched on some big ones. Oh, like okay. I said, I did 18 movies. Yeah. So okay. quite a few. Because you didn't put Garfield on there. And I, can I didn't. Say, like, you want to speak to that? Glossing over. I also, I also <laughs> do. Um, oh, brother, where art thou? I believe is a Cohen film oh, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that another was, movie. That was the very first Cohen movie <laughs> I ever saw. I was I was a young glass when I saw that one, um, and that I just did went not straight over my head when I first. It, saw yeah, it. I was like, this movie is so dumb. Yeah. Like. And I was also the age where I didn't think George Clooney was attractive yet. And I was like, why? You know, and then it was a big thing in the bluegrass community because it had the guy from Alison Krauss mm-hmm. in it as, uh, yes. yes, as George Clooney's singing voice. <laughs> so this is a like, musical is... cast in general. It, and, yeah. But um, Alison Krauss was one of the sirens. But... <laughs> The voice, I should say, not the on screen. Yeah. Georgia, after yeah. you finish your thought, I have something to add. Oh, I was just gonna say on uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I mean, I did watch it like later on when I was like in high school, after after re- after reading um, Odysseus or the about Odysseus, um, and it, it resonated a bit more. Uh, and of course, the soundtrack's great now as an adult. But um, go ahead, Alex. I think that the Cullen brothers are probably huge, like, bluegrass fans. Because I would hope so. Or, like, just music fans in general. Lewin Davis actually had, <laughs> like, the Punch Brothers or Chris, at least Chris Teeley. So, uh, Inside Lewin Davis had Justin Timberlake in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, we know right away that they, they love Timberlake. Yeah. No, um... It had um, Mumford of Mumford and Sons. Oh, that's true. Right. And Oscar Isaac in his first big role, yeah. legitimately. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was his first big role. Cool. So, um, no, the one song in that movie called Fairly Well, and I want to say it's a cover of a song. Yeah. But it's sung as a duet between... Marcus Mumford and Oscar Isaacs, and that's like I've been listening to that ever since I first saw that. It's movie. good. I forgot it's about so that song. It's so it's good. It's an amazing yeah. song. Yeah. So whenever I sing it, I just like in the car, I have a very hard time picking which harmony to sing. So it kind of <laughs> ends up being this third thing that I yeah. didn't do. <laughs> so, like, okay, this part I'll be Marcus, and then this part I'll be Oscar. So yeah. that's just kind of what has to happen. Um, I haven't I haven't seen a ton of Cohen Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like mo- I haven't seen Big Lebowski famously. I haven't seen a bunch of their earlier stuff. <laughs> Josh famously has not seen Big Lebowski. Well, I just feel like I I always have to. Georgia will always say something about Big Lebowski, and I'm like I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I I love the No Country for Old Men, one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. It's been a long, long time since I've seen that one. Um. Several notable things about that. No soundtrack whatsoever. The movie is completely free of music, which makes it... It's not necessarily something you recognize right away, but it makes wow. the whole thing much more unsettling. Mm. It's like really it's forces you, you to be... It forces you to be in in it with the characters and kind of mm. like feel trapped in it with them, I think. Mm. Um, and then um, the villain is just so 
legendarily evil and cruel. <laughs> And his hair is so silly at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Shigar, one of the greatest uh, film villains ever. Beautifully betrayed, portrayed by Javier Bardem. <laughs> the coin, my roommate in, in college and I used to quote that uh, scene with the film, with the coin, where he's like, yeah. you have to call it, you have to call it. I wonder if anybody has ever gone to a hair salon and pulled up a picture. Of <laughs> I want the sugar. <laughs> yeah, no, that is it. It's kind of a haunting movie. Like it's been a long time I've seen it, but oh, no, do not put it in your pocket. Just... Then it will be just another coin, which it is. I mean, clearly there are parts of the movie that just never leave you. Yeah. Um, I think what really really solidified coen brothers for me as like just some of my favorite artists in directing was true grit their remake of true grit because i have i've read the book and i've seen the old one with john wayne and i've seen of course the newer one uh with from the coen brothers and like the john wayne one was just worshiping john wayne is what it was <laughs> yeah uh, and it really was just like an excuse for john wayne to just be old but still be involved i don't yeah. know uh and then the book was it's a very quick read very thin book told from the, the perspective of maddie the girl um and i feel like the coens just took that book again they're screenplays they're just great at adapting things and writing screenplays they took that and then just like blew it up on on the screen and just gave it so much more life yeah um, and a bit more accurate to the book as well but i i just remember i was just so blown away by that movie i loved it it took like all of the cringy parts about the original movie mm -hmm. and it kind it made them more deliberately funny like matt yeah. damon's yeah. character <laughs> yeah. and it's more it's it's less shy about like making fun of rooster too yeah, and kind of how washed up and kind of worthless he is. Exactly, because like in the original one, they don't really want John Wayne to look washed up. You know, yeah. they kind of give him that rough around the edges, but like it's still John Wayne, and they yeah. still give him, you know, kind of a hero's welcome. But um, something I really love about the Coens, and something I look for in cinema or TV in general, is. Um, you know, serious stories, but they have elements that are just a little absurd, which almost make them more real. Yeah. Um. So I and I think that you can see that in a lot of their movies, like like with True Grit, there are moments that are just just funny. You know, that maybe like shouldn't be funny, or they're they're funny because it's it feels yeah. like real life. You know. Well, the I mean? first the part in the beginning where like she goes to see the hanging or whatever. <laughs> yeah. By the way, interesting choice to cast Jerry Seinfeld's daughter. What did you think of that? No, that is not. <laughs> no. What's her name? Haley Seinfeld? No, it's not. <laughs> no, Seinfeld. Um, I thought she was incredible in that movie. And then yeah. everything she's done since then, I'm like, wow, okay. Because um, she's done a lot of like odd movies. And I'm just thinking that you're so much more capable than that. But yeah, um, I think just see more from her because she we know we can we know she can bring it know in the what right she can situation. Do. Yeah, exactly. So but maybe I just haven't haven't given her new movies enough of a chance. But um I think 
for like a non-Cohen example that I've seen lately on TV, I watched this series on Netflix called Chloe, or I'm sorry, Cleo. And it was about uh, a political prisoner of East Germany right after the after the wall fell. She got released from prison and she goes all gray man on all the people who put her on. Okay. Put her in prison, you know. And it just has moments of hilarity that are just like, well, why are these two characters running down the street in their underwear? Well, because that's what they were wearing when they broke into her house. You know, it's just like, <laughs> but it's funny, you know, or she wears, she puts on new sneakers because she has, she just like beat up somebody and took their clothes, but the sneakers are really squeaky. So she can't sneak. <laughs> you know, it's just like stuff like that. Well, like, of course that would happen, you know, because it's, because it's that stupid. Yeah. So I love that little touch of absurdity that just kind of grounds a moment. And I think the Coens are good at that. And also good at just playing it up more in their knucklehead Maybe. movies as well. But any who, other... Who do you think would be yes. their next... Like, if they made another knucklehead movie, who, <laughs> who would be, be the it? titular knucklehead? <laughs> Tom Holland. Tom Holland Tom as the knucklehead? Hmm. I don't know. They don't have many, many movies about young people, yeah, really. That's it's a more good about point. Middle-aged people. I think. I mean, Tom Holland is a great himbo. I think it would be interesting to have a role where he plays into that deliberately. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Or like um, all his <laughs> roles are like he's he's like an airhead, but he's actually secretly smart too. Like Peter yeah. Parker, and like in the Uncharted movie, he's like yeah. this expert thief too. <laughs> it's like no, just embrace it. You're a himbo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's already been in like a true true grit, for example. But like, I feel like Matt Damon does that as well. Yeah, yeah. He can he can play he can play dumb well, which yeah. I don't know what that says about a person. But um, like I don't think he's dumb, but he's just well. He could also well he also played like the brilliant mathematician in um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, he's versatile. He's so look people. For some reason, don't like Matt Damon. I like Matt Damon. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Yeah, I've liked pretty much like everything I've seen him in have been fairly decent movies or good movies. So yeah. I don't know what the problem is. Get over yourselves. It's Matt Damon. Um, he was also the voice of Spirit and Spirit That's and true. So I think maybe just subconsciously when I hear yeah. him, I'm just like comforted. I don't know. That gets him a lot of brownie points with us. A lot or of horsey points. points. <laughs> yes yes yeah. it does um any other closing thoughts impressions about the coen brothers um what so what's something that they could adapt and give the coen spin on you ask that i was hoping you'd ask that um <laughs> man i'm trying to think of like plays now that they could adapt oh to. yeah yeah uh, i mean I mentioned the crucible while we were off air. I would love to see another Shakespeare adaptation after after Joel did uh, Macbeth, Macbeth, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, another Shakespeare adaptation would be cool. Yeah, um, I I almost think um, Much Ado About Nothing would be a great knucklehead edition. Yeah, definitely. That that play is hysterical if you see it live. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they're just so good, again, at adapting things that that could just be so amplified on the screen. Um, 
and it doesn't have to be like a period piece either you know or like actually set you know in the time that shakespeare wrote it in but Mm -hmm. you know just take that base and go wild with it i think that'd be great yeah alex and riley have you seen many coen brothers movies just a handful no i haven't seen them many I, I could have swore you've seen True Grit. But maybe you... I don't know. It was like 2014 that it came out, I think. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um... Definitely, definitely give Fargo a watch. Okay. Especially if you like... Especially if you like Bichemi. Well, I know... Yeah. Like I know that uh, Wells Fargo is successful. <laughs> and there's uh, Cargo Largo too. Yeah, you know, interesting so, about interesting thing about the movie Fargo is that it really doesn't take place in Fargo much. Oh really? Mm-mm. Also, no. the beginning of of Fargo, there's text that um, shows on screen that says like this is based on a true story. Yes. And the oh, yeah, names have true. only the names have been changed. Yeah. But it's not a true story at That's all. That's right. It's totally and there's a up. movie about a girl who thought it was a real thing really? and she went to yeah she went to go like find the suitcase of money um and apparently that is a true story and there's a movie about you know, that true story of of her like trying to find the suitcase and dying trying what? um Whoa. yeah she died so that's funny <laughs> yeah she died oh that's funny Went to a real one i guess yeah yeah but um <laughs> also interesting thing about Fargo is like the whole time Frances McDormand's character is pregnant but it's never really brought up it's it's mm-hmm. you know her water doesn't break at an you know at a important time <laughs> yeah. juncture you know it's never she's just pregnant and she's like eating a lot you know and there's like no drama with her and her husband either exactly her husband is no, just a nice like, guy they love each yeah. other mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely and she's she's like a smart detective right but also just completely minnesotan yeah friendly just no perfect perfect character um i just i just loved that i sometimes i just like to watch fargo just to hear the people talk (laughs) i swear that's like 50 percent of the reason i watch anything like i finished third season of dairy girls last night i watched like the last four episodes (laughs) all in a row and that's all I could think in for yeah. about four hours afterwards. So, but I digress. That's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. Cool. Excellent job, stuff. Um, I love how this series is shaping up. Everyone is bringing their passions to it, clearly. Um, can't wait to hear what Alex has to say. I know he has a lot of strong opinions about the Wachowskis and some strong advocacy for some of their maybe lesser well-regarded <laughs> projects. Yeah. Yeah. So he's tune in next week the for that. Consider that bit well chomped. <laughs> it is chomped. There are two yeah. parts yeah. on that bit. I will say I'm glad chomped. that the, um, the Coen brothers don't do this thing that a lot of movie directors do where they will it'll say like, this movie is like made by somebody, but then it's not made by them. And the Wachowskis are guilty of that with like V for Vendetta. It's like, oh, V for Vendetta, the new Wachowskis movie, but it's all it's actually like not like Tim Burton. Well, it was written by them, but they didn't direct it. 
Okay. That's okay. like how everybody attributes Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. to Tim Burton, but that's right. Like, really does not have that. And much Steven to do with Spielberg it. a lot does that. Um, yeah, he's become more of a producer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Wachowskis. I mean, you know instantly when you're watching a Wachowski movie. Well, and that's the whole thing with the series. Like, if it's yeah. an auteur, you know when you turn on the movie. Exactly. Pre- like, pretty you know. quickly. Well, yeah, you know and typically, um, like, when they do the opening credits, it's the first person that they say. So that's... <laughs> okay, shut up. Uh, I just take 10 minutes out of any movie, yeah. you know, any right. part of any movie, and you should yeah. be able to tell who directed it. And if you can, that's you're yeah, probably watching the work true. of an auteur. It's a good way, yeah. Also, something I brought up in our group chat the other day, I really want to see Rusted Roots send me on my way overlaid over the beginning of The Shining. Oh, yeah. Where instead of the dern, 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 dern sound while they're driving up the mountains, it's do, 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 because they're about to have a great a very vacation, different you know? tone very different tone yeah <laughs> i think it would set a very different tone for the yeah. film but that's just me yeah anyway all right what else we got uh what else we got yeah let's Plus, wrap it up yeah all right well all right we'll be back next week thanks for listening and class class dismissed, dismissed.